Amen. We've been, uh, we just started a series last week called Overwhelmed, and, uh, and I don't know about you, but it seems I've been running into a lot of people lately who just feel, feel overwhelmed with life, and uh, you know, they say, I'm just so busy, and I can't keep it together, uh, they just kind of feel overwhelmed, and so we're going to be working on a series uh, dealing with different issues of being overwhelmed, it might be your busyness, it might be your relational difficulty, it might be who knows what, but um, I think you're well aware that we're surrounded, and maybe you're here today, uh, by people who kind of feel they, they need help in some way. And we're going to talk today about receiving the gift of rest. Last week we talked about the story of Jesus, who was working his way through a, a busy crowd, and there was this woman who had a, a health issue that uh, could not be helped by the doctors, and she had spent all her money trying to get help, and nothing would help her. And so as Jesus was walking by, she thought, if I can just reach out and touch Jesus, I'm going to be well. And so she does. And this is a, an ancient picture from the 4th century, one of the uh, Christian catacombs outside of Rome. A picture of this woman who touches the edge of Jesus' cloak. And as she does, she's immediately healed. healed. And Jesus says, power went out of me. Uh, that Jesus knew that when this woman touched uh, him, that, that he said, power went out of me. And we asked the question last week, what happens when somebody touches you? What happens when someone in need or hurting uh, comes and touches you? Do you have power to give them? Or are you so dry and fried and burnt out and busy that when someone in need comes to you, you're just like, oh, I can't handle anything more. I just, you know, I'm tired. I have, I have nothing to give. Yeah. If you feel that way, you're not alone. Because uh, according to some stats, at least, whatever statistics mean these days, I don't know, 74% of adults have felt so stressed at some point over the last year, they felt overwhelmed or unable to cope. It's like three out of every four adults at some point were so stressed out, they were unable to cope with life and maybe financial or relational or emotional or just, just busyness or whatever it is. Uh, there's a lot of folks in this world who don't have a lot to give. Because they can barely hold it together themselves. But as we said last week, this is not the Father's plan for you. It's not what God wants from you. God wants you to be someone who has rivers of living water, as it says in John chapter 7. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. There should be not, not just a little drop. Not just a little trickle. It's, it's a river, he says. And not just one river, because he's not good enough with one river. It's rivers of living water. And so when people come around us who are in need, there, there should be life that flows out of us. Or as Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The, 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 the life with God is... I mean, God's ideal is that we are flowing with rivers of water, and we're living this life that just, that, that our souls have this, just experiencing this incredible rest. Even in the fast pace and the busy, the heck, the, 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 I just, I'm at rest, and I'm able to, to walk in this way of rest. I mean, do you feel overwhelmed, or do you feel rivers of living water and rest? And, and we want to be entering into that in more ways. And so that's what we have been talking about. Last week, we looked, uh, focused more in on the issue of busyness. 
And uh, as we noted, there's a lot of reasons why people can be busy, but we talked primarily about three issues. Uh, one, that often we can find our worth and value from busyness and doing. Now, we're living in this Western world, and the studies have shown that we value people who are busy, and we devalue people who have leisure time or rest or, uh, I mean, they've done studies that the busier someone is, in our Western society, we look at them and think they're more impressive. Where most other cultures in this world, it's the opposite. People who have lots of leisure time, we look at them and say, well, they must be impressive. I mean, but here we, we uh, in a sense, worship busyness. And so we busy brag, as we talked about last week. Oh, I'm so busy, I need a vacation. And really, we're just like, yeah, because I get my worth from that. I want people to look at me and go, wow, you must be impressive because you're so busy. We get our value from that. And we talked about how we need to drop that. That we get our value from our life with the Father. Our life in Jesus is where we get our value, not from our busyness. Uh, we also numb ourselves in this world through busyness and doing. Uh, uh, we, we just stay busy so we don't have to deal with, uh, with our marriage issues. We just can stay busy so I don't have to deal with that, that bitterness in my heart. I'm just going to stay busy so I don't have to deal with what God has been trying to show me and lead me. And I just, I'm just busy. And so we kind of push God back and we numb ourselves and we don't stop and rest and work with God on those issues. So we, we just numb ourselves often through busyness. And then we just talked about the wave of, of technology and opportunity. I mean, there's so many fun things to do in this world now. There are so many opportunities. And they follow us wherever they go because we have our phones and our smart devices. And they're always ringing and dinging and buzzing. And there's always a new article and new something to read. And, and we talked about how our minds never rest. And how studies show we're actually not as busy as we think. But the reason a lot of people feel tired is because their minds never get a break. Because there's always ringing and dinging and new things to look at and find and enjoy. And, and their mind never rests. And so uh, that's another reason. But we need to take time to listen to God. As we looked at this picture last week, this is often God trying to help us out. And we're so busy that we miss out on what God wants to show us and wants to tell us and wants to help us with. And so we need to slow down. So we're going to continue talking uh, about this. We're going to talk about the gift of rest today. And first I want to mention that work is not a bad thing. Sometimes we think that, you know, if I can just get rid of all work, and if I could just, just sit around all day and do nothing forever, that would be the best. But the reality is sitting around all day doing nothing is actually called prison. It's a punishment, actually. And if you just have to do something really, really bad, they, at least according to the movies, I don't know, they throw you into solitary confinement where you really get to do nothing. I mean, we realize that doing nothing might be enjoyable for a time, but doing nothing for a long time is actually really not enjoyable at all. Have you ever been in a hospital bed for months? Uh, I, I've met people who've been in a hospital for months, and they're just, I just wish I could get up and do something. Yeah. I just wish I could do something. Work is not a bad thing, and that's, God, God has wired that in us, that, that we are made actually to work and produce. Way back in the book of Genesis, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, or subdue it, or be creative with it. In other words, work it. Uh, Genesis 2, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And this is when the world was very good. That God actually designed us to work. He designed us to be creative and designed us to produce. Work is not the enemy. But what is the enemy is when we work all the time without rest. We see Jesus at times. And, he, and of course, he being our example, uh, Jesus had 
certain days that were actually very, very busy. Even being busy at points in our life is not a bad thing because Jesus was really busy at points and yet he never sinned. I mean, look, look at this day. It was already a busy day up to this point. And then it says this. So many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. You ever been so busy you didn't even have a chance to eat? That's a busy day. But it was far from over for Jesus. Because he said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. You see, Jesus understood what we're going to talk about today. That we were designed for a work-rest cycle. A work-rest cycle. So he has this extremely busy day, and he says, we need to move into the next cycle, which is rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. We talked about that last week. They're getting away to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of him. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And later he, he is where he feeds the 5,000 and the day keeps continuing. It is a very, very busy day. It's not sinful to have a busy day. It's not sinful to have a, have a busy portion in your life because God has designed us to work and he has designed us at times to actually work very, very hard at what we do. In fact, the Bible tells us we were created to do things. In Ephesians 2, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. That he has given you gifts, he has given you skills, he has given you things, and you're to be faithful with those and work those. And this is how you get, uh, it just makes you happy when you do things for God, you do things for others. Some of you, I mean, it's possible to spend too much time doing nothing and too much time resting where you're not actually doing anything. And some people actually need to get busy and start doing things. We've talked about before, like, I mean, even if you're retired, it's good to be volunteering somewhere or still doing something because all the studies show that when you volunteer, it makes you happy. Because God has designed you to be someone who gives and produces and creates. But the thing is, we're also designed for rest. We're designed for work but we're also designed for rest. And overworking, of course, we know it's really bad for us, but it's actually really, really bad for us, according to studies. Uh, those who work more than 55 hours per week had a 13% greater risk of a heart attack and were 33% more likely to suffer a stroke compared with those who work 35 to 40 hours per week. Those who put in more overtime work have higher levels of anxiety and depression. People who work 50 hours or more every week were three times more likely to develop alcohol addiction than people who work less. And yet, that's just emotional world in our health world, but it also, it also wrecks havoc with our soul. Because we have no more life to give, because we're tired and we're burnt out, and, 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 and it, it is not good for us. And so we see Jesus, who again is our example, because we're followers of Jesus, we look to his example. Jesus had this cycle of working hard and then resting hard. Uh, working hard and resting hard. In fact, after that super busy day, this is what it says exactly after that really, really busy day that they didn't have any time to work. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd, after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Busy day, but he was like, now I need to rest. I need to connect with my father. This work-rest cycle. We see other places in the Gospels. 
Uh, the whole town gathered by the door. So he, is Jesus, healed many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons. But he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Then Jesus got up early in the morning when it was still very dark, departed, and went out to a deserted place. And there he spent time in prayer. Simon and his companions searched for him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. You know, Jesus said no to people. Everyone's looking for you. Later, Jesus says, we're going on to a different town. These people need me. They want me. They need my time. But actually, I need to go to a different town. I mean, if you understand this work rest cycle, you understand that there are times when you need to say no to things. You can't be the superhero. You can't rescue every situation around you. You can't be Jesus to everybody because Jesus is supposed to be Jesus to them. We were created for work and for rest. I like what A.J. Zaboda said. He said, Jesus ate. Jesus drank. Jesus slept. He took care of himself. And never once was Jesus hurried from place to place, controlled by a busy schedule. Jesus lived a rhythm completely different from anyone around him. The rhythm of his life was, in itself, a prophetic act against the rhythms of the world. And how much more today is the life of Jesus a prophetic act against the rhythm of the world we live in? And we need to learn from Jesus how to enter into this rest and how, and I'm going to talk about today, about taking a day off, the idea of Sabbath. Because Jesus also did not only take these breaks throughout the week where he goes to a solitary place to be with the Father and to refresh himself and to hear God, he also took a day off. He took the Sabbath. The word Sabbath in the Bible means to cease or to stop working. And it's, it's a cycle of working for six days, resting for one. Working for six days, resting for one. In Exodus 20, it says you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. Uh, this is a one in, in every seventh day uh, to rest. And again, this is a, a, a prophetic act. It, it challenges the way our culture goes today. Because the culture generally works like this. Work, 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 work. Ah, I really need a vacation. Work, work, work. Vacation. <laughs> vacation. Last day of vacation. Oh, I'm starting to feel a little bit good now. Work, work, work. And then the cycle repeats itself. Now, maybe there's sort of days off in there, but those days off are filled with shopping and busyness and chores and all the things I need to do around the house and all these things i got to catch up on. But it's work, 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 vacation. The, the biblical kind of cycle or the kingdom cycle is work Sabbath, work Sabbath, Work Sabbath, work Sabbath, and then there were these celebrations, these feasts, or these kind of vacations they had, where they would go to Jerusalem for a day or two, or eight days sometimes for these festivals, and they'd get a break from their normal life, and then it would repeat itself with work, Sabbath, work, Sabbath, work, Sabbath, and then these celebrations. And uh, Wayne Miller said this, Mueller, said, we meet dozens of people, have so many conversations, we do not feel how much energy we spend on each activity because we imagine we will always have more energy at our disposal. This one little conversation, this one little extra phone call, this one quick meeting, what can it cost? But it does cost. It drains in another drop of our life. And then at the end of days, weeks, months, years, we collapse, we burn out, we cannot see where it happened. It happened in a thousand unconscious events tasks and responsibilities that seem easy and harmless on the surface, 
but that each one after the other used a small portion of our precious life. And so, we are given a commandment, which is actually a gift. Remember the Sabbath. Take a day off. Rest. And this is what happens to us, because we think that we're invincible, that I can just keep doing things, and, and I, know, I don't do, I need a day off, I feel fine. And then you keep going, I don't need a day off, I feel fine, I can do more, I can pack in more. But you suddenly find your soul getting more and more dry, and you suddenly find yourself not having life to give, and you find yourself not being as joyful, not being as thankful. You become more negative to everything around you, and, and you're slowly drained of your life. And, and, and God says, hey, I've given you, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you a gift that's going to rock your world. It's called the Sabbath. A day off that is different than all other days around you. Now, why Sabbath? Why should we do this? Uh, God created us for a rhythm of work and rest. In Genesis 2, it says, The heavens and the earth were completed with everything that was in them. By the seventh day, God finished the work he had been doing. He ceased on the seventh day the work that he had been doing. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he ceased all the work that he had been doing in creation. That God actually took Sabbath. He rested on the seventh day. Now God could have kept going. He could have, I mean, he's the most creative being in the world. He wasn't tired. He wasn't tired a bit. But he took a Sabbath day. And then, of course, God makes us in his image. And we're made in this image of, of working and resting, working in day. Even if you don't think, well, I'm not real tired, you were still made for a work-rest rhythm. Life functions best in a work-rest rhythm. In fact, God actually puts this idea of the Sabbath in the Big Ten. The Big Ten Commandments. And these Ten Commandments, by the way, are, are it's like God saying, I want you to thrive. Jesus came to give us life abundantly. And when you live into these big ten, uh, I mean, you just find your life goes better. And this is a simplified version, of course, of them. The ten, ten Commandments, put God first. Worship God alone. Use God's name with respect. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Let's take this day off that we're talking about. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not be envious of others. Now, we as followers of Jesus tend to look at this, and, and, and a lot of followers of Jesus Christians live on the Big Nine. They live on the Big Nine. I uh, love the Big Ten. Well, actually, the Big Nine, because, you know, I don't murder, don't steal. I mean, you know, worship God first. Those are, you know, those are important. But the Sabbath day, that, that's an interesting idea. That's a great suggestion. But, you know, it doesn't really fit with our culture today. I mean, that's just, well, we don't need the Sabbath day. Uh, some people will say um, that we don't do Sabbath anymore because Jesus is our Sabbath. It talks about it in Hebrews 4. How Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath and the rest is in, in Jesus because of that. And, and it's true that a lot of the, the idea of the Sabbath is fulfilled in Jesus, that he is our eternal rest. He is our eternal Sabbath day. But that doesn't change this idea that we need rest. It doesn't change the principle that God made us in his image to follow this. I mean, uh, Mark 2 says this. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. God made the Sabbath to help us. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of fulfillment in Jesus, but it's still there to help us. It's still very important. A lot of Christians will say it's still a command or still a, a principle that, that we need to hold on to. And the reality is when it comes to all of these ten uh, there are consequences when you don't do them. Uh, is there a consequence when you murder somebody? 
Yes. Is there consequences when you commit adultery? Yes. Is there consequences when you don't put God first? Of course there is. Because the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. I mean, it is amazing what God will do for the person who puts them first. There, there are big consequences in not putting God first. But there are also consequences in not keeping the Sabbath. There are consequences when we don't pull back from our work and do something entirely different for one out of seven. We were created for this work-rest cycle. God has wired it into himself. He himself did this. Secondly, our value and our worth is not defined by what we do or what we produce. Again, we talked about this last week. That often in our, in, in our Western culture, this is kind of what we say, subtly. I'm busy, therefore I'm important and valuable, therefore I'm worthy. And if I'm not busy, I'm not valuable, I don't matter. That again, we get our worth from our busyness and doing. The more we do, the better we feel about ourselves because we get our value from this. Where as followers of Jesus, we get our value from God. That I'm deeply loved, fully forgiven, and totally accepted in Jesus. God alone is the final authority on my self-worth and identity. Whether we work or don't work, we are absolutely valued as a child of God in God's eyes. Amen. And the Sabbath day is actually a message that we live once every seven days that says, I actually believe this. Because you know your beliefs are not what you say, your beliefs are what you do. I don't, I don't care what you say about Christianity and about Jesus. And, uh, it's what you do. That's what you believe. Right. Uh, do you believe that you are not a slave to this world system? Do you believe that you're not a slave to the busyness and, and the pressures that this world puts on you? In fact, one of the reasons the Sabbath was, was given to us is this very reason. This is the fourth commandment in Ascombe Deuteronomy. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And then it says this, Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. This is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Why? Because you're no longer a slave. Amen. You're no longer a slave. In Egypt, they had to work seven days a week, Building bricks, working hard, they were slaves. They had to work, 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 work. God pulls them out, and he says, now I'm going to implement this one day off that is entirely different, and this day off is a testimony. When you spend this day off, it is a testimony that I believe I'm not a slave. That's right. That I believe my value is not in what I do. My value is in being a child of God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And it's how amazing how quickly we can forget that we are children of God. And sometimes we leave here, and the next hour or two, we're already you know, trying to get our value from other things or whatever it might be. So God says, I, I'm going to help you a big time. One day, one day there's going to be a powerful reminder. It's not about what you produce. It's not about all your work. It's about that God loves you just as you are. Amen. God, you're his child. So in Galatians... You are no longer a slave, but God's own child. The Sabbath actually is a huge testimony of this. It's why the Sabbath day is still very uh, alive and well, and, and we should be trying to implement that as much as possible, because it's only when we're actually willing to pull back and stop does my life actually testify of this. 
A lot of times we can say, I'm just going to work every single day, all seven days, I'm going to keep going. And, 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 and again, I mean, can you actually stop? Do you actually really, really believe that you're no longer a slave to this world system? Do you really believe that you're no longer a slave to busyness and notifications and, 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 and all the stuff that's coming out? Do you really believe this? We have one day to actually really live that out. Barbara Brown said, at least one day in every seven, pull off the road and park the car in the garage, close the door to the tool shed and turn off the computer, stay home. Not because you are sick, but because you are well. Talk someone you love into being well with you. Take a nap, a walk, an hour for lunch. Test the premise that you are worth more than you can produce. That even if you spend one whole day of being good for nothing, you will still be precious in God's sight. <laughs> and when you get anxious because you are convinced that this is not so, remember that your own conviction is not required. This is a commandment. Your worth has already been established even when you are not working. The purpose of the commandment is to woo you to the same truth. Do you know when God created man, he created man on the sixth day? And man's first full day was a day of rest. Man's first day in this world was not a day where you gotta work, you gotta produce, you gotta, you gotta be successful, and you gotta be... You are gonna rest with me, and we're gonna walk in the garden together. It's gonna be a day of rest. You see, the Sabbath is, in essence, the gospel. The Sabbath is the gospel. Because God does not say to us, you know, I only love you when you have everything together. The gospel does not say, I only love you when you work and when you produce and you create a lot of stuff and you do, do, do that. God, doesn't, God says, I, I love you, even when you're not working. Because the reality is we are saved by grace and not by works. I mean, the Sabbath, when we live out the Sabbath, this is actually us saying, I actually really believe this. I believe my identity is not in what I do and what I produce and so I'm going to take a day just to rest in that and be restored and be refreshed. So when I step out, the next day I do have those streams of living water. When someone does come along and touch me, there is actually power that I have to give because I have been, been refreshed. And you ever say this? You know, I feel guilty when I relax. It's one of those sure signs that you haven't quite got this. That you still see, I think some of my values, think some of my worth is from my doing. And again, I urge you to consider this idea of a, a radical Sabbath break once a week. Albert Schweitzer said, do not let Sunday or your Saturday or whatever day you're going to decide the Sabbath, do not let your Sabbath be taken from you. If your soul has no Sunday, it becomes an orphan. You can become a slave to this world system. Work, 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 work. I can live for my vacation. Work, 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 work. I can live for my vacation rather than... You can actually rest as a child of God. That's right. Again, God has given you this gift of rest. You say, well, I can't add that into my schedule. It, there's too much stuff going on. If there's too much stuff going on, then there's something maybe you're doing that God is not in. Because God gives you this gift of rest and says, please take it. This is a day between me and you, a day for restoration, a day that is different, a day uh, that I want to build into you. Yeah. And so when we miss the gift of rest, we, missed out, we miss out on restoration. <laughs> I mean, even science is telling us that the idea of a Sabbath or these breaks is a really good thing and is super healthy for us, but it is great for a restoration. Again, if we as followers of Jesus are to be the light of the world, 
if we're to make a difference in our workplaces, we are to make a difference in this community, I mean, if we're to be known by our love, the only way we can love radically is if we have the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. But it is really hard to let the power of the Holy Spirit flow in your life when you're tired, yeah. when you're overwhelmed, That's right. when you're burnt out. Because when you get to that, you kind of end up in this sort of amygdala override where you're sort of an attacker of flight, flight, flop, drop mode, right? And, and everything is just bad and negative. And it takes refreshing to be powerful in this world. And Jesus knew that because Jesus did that all the time. I know what uh, Pete Scazzaro said. He's done a lot of uh, writing around the subject. He says, Sabbath is like receiving the gift of a heavy snow day every week. Stores are closed. Roads are impassable. Suddenly you have the gift of a day to do whatever you want. You don't have any obligations, pressures, or responsibility. You have permission to play, to be with friends, take a nap, read a good book. <coughs> Few of us would give ourselves to a no-obligation day very often. God gives us one every seventh day. Think about it. He gives you over seven weeks, 52 days in all, of snow days every year. And if you begin to practice stopping, resting, delighting, and contemplating for a, 20, a one 24-hour period each week, you will soon find the other six days become infused with the same qualities. I suspect that has always been God's plan. And fourth, we, uh, miss, when we miss out on the gift of rest, we miss so much of God. Duhan said, to fail to see the value of simply being with God and doing nothing is to miss the heart of Christianity. To fail to see the value of simply being with God and doing nothing is to miss the heart of Christianity. The very first full day man had was a day of doing nothing. Just being with God, walking in the garden. I mean... It is difficult, we talked about this last week, it is so difficult to slow down and stop and just disconnect from this crazy, busy world and to disconnect our identity and our value from worth from this crazy, busy world. But the Sabbath day was given as an amazing gift. And part of that gift is so you can connect with God. You can take a day where you can hear God, where those things that, that God wants to work on in your heart, you can say, hey, hey, Father, let's work on that today. Father, I need wisdom when it comes to my marriage. And you pull up your journal and you just... You spend time listening to God. Or God, I need wisdom about what's going on here. God, you spend time worshiping. Or you go on a walk with God. Or have a coffee with God. I mean, it's a day where we get to connect with God. You remember Luke chapter 10? It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Jesus was in the house. But she's distracted with much serving, which pretty much describes our world and a lot of our lives. We're constantly distracted by technology, constantly distracted by to-do lists, constantly distracted by all the people who need help, and constantly distracted by work and work and work, and maybe your boss this morning, can you work overtime? Constantly distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And this is what people who are caught in the cycle of busyness do. They look around and say, why isn't that person doing anything? And they try to drag other people into their busy life. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Was it work? Was it making lunch? 
No, that's not the one thing that was done. Now, work is good. God's praised the work. We are to be using our gifts. Absolutely. But there's one thing that's necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, and it's not going to be taken away from her. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, Jesus listening to him in quiet and at rest. And God has given us a whole day to do this. God can make it work in your schedule because he's in this. A day for reflection, for relaxing, and for, for change. Now, I'll just finish with a couple thoughts on Sabbath. First of, all, uh, first of all, and super important, stay away from legalism, please. Satan's desire is to kill, steal, and destroy. And he loves to take teachings in the Bible and fill them with legalism like the Pharisees did and make it miserable. The Bible says, again, it was made for man. It was made to benefit us. So if you take this day and throw all kinds of rules around it and you make it miserable, you miss the point of the Sabbath. And sadly, there are incredible, strong debates amongst Christians between Sabbath days and in this world, is it Saturday like the Jewish people did or was it Sunday, you know, where the early Christians did? I mean, and the, re and the reality, like if you read the book of Romans, you realize that part of the issue in the book of Romans was, was these Jewish Christians versus Gentile Christians. Uh, the book of Romans was written after, uh, there was a time when actually all the, the Jewish Christians got kicked out of Rome. All the Jews got removed from Rome. And all that was left was a Gentile church. <laughs> and because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday, the early Christians began to worship on Sunday. The Jewish Christians still kept the Sabbath. But in Rome, all the Jewish Christians left, and so they made the, uh, Sunday was their day. And then the emperor made a, a change. The Jewish Christians were allowed back in. And so the book of Romans was largely written because there was controversy between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians. And one of those controversies was the Sabbath day. The Jewish Christians, it's Saturday. <laughs> Other Christians are like, we've been doing a Sunday, and it's a great day. It's the, the resurrection day. And Paul steps in, and he says, listen, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whatever day you choose is acceptable. For Colossians, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbath. I mean, there's this debate between Saturday and Sunday in the early church. And Paul says, it doesn't matter if it's Saturday or Sunday or any other day. Just, yeah, Sabbath is a good thing. He's not saying get rid of the Sabbath. I mean, we see Jesus, the apostles, the early church. I mean, it just it was a day that was normal. But the, the, the idea was over this legalistic thing that has to be one day. And the reality is we don't live in a 27-day culture anymore. We have doctors and nurses and people who work for police and different things. And, and sometimes you can't, be, you can't take a Sunday. And sometimes it might have to be, I mean, for me, I take a Monday. I'm a Monday guy. And maybe you're a Wednesday guy or a Saturday or a Sunday. Uh, we don't make this legalistic because it is, again, made to give us life. As Mark 2 says, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. This isn't a day for a bunch of religious rules. It's a day for rest and connection with God and rejuvenation. And so you may have to think about what day works best. I mean, for the Jewish people, it was sundown Friday night to uh, sundown Saturday. Uh, for some people, they just take Sunday morning and then until Monday morning. I mean, uh, even if this is daunting, just start even with 12 hours. Just take 12 hours to just disconnect, to do something totally different. But when is this going to work into your schedule? So four things to do on the Sabbath. First of all, you want to stop 
your regular routine and work. This day has to look different. It's not a day for doing chores. It's not a day for cleaning the house. It's not a day for going to work and checking your work emails. It's a day where you stop and make this day entirely different. You want to rest. You want to receive God's invitation to rest. So you want to do things that are restful. And this doesn't mean you can't do any, any kind of work because for some people, there are certain kinds of work that is restful. I mean, going on a walk. It's technically work, but that could be a very great thing to do on the Sabbath. Now, if you walk for a living, maybe it's not the best way to take a Sabbath. I don't know what job that would be, a mailman or something, I don't know, uh, or a mailwoman, whatever it's called these days. Uh, uh, maybe you love gardening, and, uh, and you just find that super restful, and you can connect with God, because you're like going back to the Garden of Eden, minus the weeds, you know? Uh, so there's a place for things like that, like hobbies and those things that are refreshing. You want to rest, and you want to delight. What gives me joy and delight? You wake up slow and make pancakes and hang out for a while and take an extra lunch and a nap and whatever ever you can do. Now, uh, this might be different if you have kids. And uh, again, there's going to be a lot of questions actually on your way out where the bulletins were. I have put a stack of frequently asked questions about the Sabbath that Pete, Pete Scazzaro had from his church, and so I just printed it off again. Uh, what gives me joy? And, and they want to contemplate, listen, talk to, and worship God. To have a Sabbath without God is to completely miss the idea of the Sabbath. It's not just like, oh, I got a vacation day. Part of that day is to connect with God. To walk, to go on a walk with Him, have coffee with Him, listen, journal, uh, spend some time with Him, as Adam and Eve did on their their very first day. And so here's some questions, and these are in that sheet that's out there. Uh, what do I need to stop that relates to my work? Uh, paid or unpaid work. There, there's certain things that, that you just say, you know, I'm not going to do this this day because this, this is tiring. Anything that you just find tiring, or I don't really want to do that, do it the day before. And sometimes it actually takes preparation work for the Sabbath. My Sabbath is Monday, so Sunday night I'm going to get my chores done. Or whatever it might be. Or I'm going to cook a big soup and then it's ready there on the Sabbath. Unless you love cooking it, that's your hobby, maybe you want to spend your Sabbath making a big something or other, right? It's going to be different for all of us. Uh, list activities that create delight and rest for you. Uh, how can you structure your day to cultivate a greater awareness of God in your life and in the world? And what might help you see God's goodness and miracles all around you today? One more quote and we're done. Whatever we choose to do for the Sabbath needs to give us rest and life over time. The challenge in discernment experimenting, yeah, the challenge is discernment, experimenting to find what works for us and the people we love. What helps us catch our breath and, re and remember uh, who we are as God's beloved. And so I just encourage you to, to take this to prayer and to maybe sit down and say, you know, how can I make it work? And sometimes it can be very difficult for someone who's a crazy busy life to jump into a 24-hour thing. Just start, start with 12 and then, and then work your way. And, and I guarantee this will radically change your life. There are so many amazing testimonies of people who are just tired and overwhelmed and burnt out and said, you know, I'm actually going to do this thing that the Bible talks about. I'm going to do the life Jesus way. And, and they're just like, this has been the most incredible, life-changing thing in the world. I mean, we need to connect with God. We need to rest. We're made for this work-rest cycle. So, Father, I just pray this into our being. God, that you would help us to live differently than this world system. This world system that says we are what we do. God, I thank you that you look at us and say, no, 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 you're my child, and I love you as you are. 
God, I pray that you would challenge us to enter into the Sabbath life, this life of rhythm, where we can take a day just to rest and do something different and to refresh ourselves. And maybe, maybe it's our church day. We come here and we go home and we just hang out and do something different. So God, I just pray your blessing on us. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you that you've forgiven us. I thank you that you breathe life into us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, we're going to stay.